Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. Make sure to follow us online tonight, Facebook and Instagram, at Almost Famous Radio. And we have a podcast you can subscribe to by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app, or simply head over to almostfamousradio.com. And if you're a local band and musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, you can always reach out to me. Find all my contact information on the Almost Famous page at 959WATD.com. So tonight, we are being joined on the tiny stage by Susan Catania. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, John? I am great. We just talked uh, a couple weeks ago through Zoom, so it's good to have you finally back here in studio in person. I'm very honored to be here in person. <laughs> I'm so glad to get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. So for those who may have missed that interview and your previous performances here on the tiny stage, give us an introduction. All right. So I am, uh, well, I was born in New Jersey. No, I won't start that far back. But um, (laughs) no, so I have been an Americana artist here in the Boston area and a little bit nationally for a while now. I was a teacher of songwriting at the Berklee College of Music for 20 years, and I just quit (laughs) after the pandemic. I don't know why that that felt like the right thing to do. And I love like co-writing and collaborating, and I am releasing my sixth album. Yes, that came out on Friday. It's yes, Friday. That's right. So, give us a preview of the album. What can we expect when we listen to it? Well, so um, if you listen to my prior work, I would say that I combine a lot of like rock and folk and blues influences and a little bit of country in my stuff, and. This album was written fully remotely during the pandemic. And so as a result, I am really kind of embracing a quieter, more folk sound, more more acoustic. The whole album is acoustic. And in fact, it's called All is Quiet because it really felt like all was quiet <laughs> at the time. So, so you mentioned the pandemic just a, a moment ago. Uh, it, it obviously inspired an album. It affected your career at Berkeley, but how else did it change how you create? Well, I think that, first of all, I just want to say that the the gift that came out of the pandemic is how grateful I am to have music as a vehicle to communicate feeling. So I think that initially when the pandemic happened, quarantine happened, you know, we didn't know at that point if we'd ever perform live again, right? In those early days, everything shut down. And I think that I, for the first time in my life, I tend to be a very prolific writer. I write a lot. And for the first time, I didn't have anything to say. And that was really scary for me. I I wasn't able to kind of take what I was feeling and translate it into anything. And then after about three months, I started writing kind of the first song and it led to like this flood of material that was a way for me to kind of process how I was feeling during that time. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm glad you did. It seems like creativity was almost at its height. As the pandemic increased, it seems like people were finding more and more ways to be creative. Yeah. Well, and some people, I think, really thrived in that environment. Like, I, I, you know, I had 
certainly I had students and I had friends who just they they loved like the whole remote recording live streaming thing and for me I found it very isolating and so it wasn't something that I was like yay now I get to record everything from my home <laughs> excellent well let's start off with a song what are we listening to first all right so unlike other albums that I've done this album had a really natural start and finish to it it was really important that All is Quiet, start with the song All is Quiet, because that was kind of the first worry that I had that I was not going to make music again. And so I'm going to start with All is Quiet. Let's hear it. We have Susan Catano on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Until the morning comes Wondering if I'll Be myself still When all is done And I'm right back to square one Idle hands make idle worries Have I lost all
Fantastic. Susan Catania on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. So you mentioned before you played that song that this new album has a natural beginning and a natural conclusion. When is a song finished for you? When is it ready to be performed live? When is it ready for inclusion on an album? Um, well, <laughs> it's so funny that you ask that question because normally, in normal times, I will write a song and then I would have a bunch of gigs with my band and I would bring in the song for rehearsal. We'd practice it and then we'd go out and give it a try and we'd see what works and what doesn't work. And I think I probably will perform a song for a few months and then decide what needs to change, if anything, before I record it. This album, because I was all by myself during it, there are some songs that I didn't get a chance to play out ever until the CD release party, which was just a few weeks ago. So really, they had not seen the light of day. That was such a different experience. So long answer to a short question. There's usually something about when my voice feels comfortable performing the song, when I feel like the tempo is right. The writing process for me, because I love writing and I, I really spend a lot of time and craft on it, the songwriting process, when the song is done for me, I have done all the things that I needed to do to it. So I don't usually like rewrite a song once it's kind of come out of my writing process. I want to talk about your writing process. When did you realize that you could write and you could play your songs professionally? Huh. Well, I, I came to my career late in life, so it's really interesting that you asked that. I came from a musical family, so we were always singing and singing in harmony, and I discovered probably in third grade that I loved writing. I loved writing poetry and short stories and all that kind of stuff. And I had written a few songs in my early 20s when I was in a band, but I wasn't really, I don't know, I wasn't really into songwriting then. I, I was writing for a living at that point, and I was working in television. And we moved to Boston. I quit my job in television, and I went back to school to Berkeley. And I took my first songwriting class, and literally it was like, oh, like the angels sang. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, words and music together. And that, I think, is when I got the bug. And then I became songwriting obsessed. But, you know, initially I was like, I'm just going to write for people in Nashville because I can, like, we were having a young family at the time, and I wasn't really wanting to tour. I didn't really want to be an artist at that point. And so for me, I think that writing for others in Nashville taught me, like, great skills that then when I became a professional musician myself— they helped me a lot. Like I, I learned a lot in that town. I learned actually about the fact that all song forms and all songs are fluid. And I think that was like the most important lesson is that nothing is written in stone. Everything can be changed. Everything can be manipulated and, and rejiggered. And it gave me a certain level of freedom with songwriting where I'm like, if I write something, I'm like, oh, it could be this or it could be something completely different. And I think it's allowed me a lot of freedom that other artists that I've met don't have. You know, they write something and they're very, very set on it. And it's very difficult for them to, to change it or see it in a different way. I don't have that experience because I like changing stuff. So. Susan Catano is joining us tonight on the Tiny Stage. And let's keep on going with your music. What are we listening to next? 
Okay, so I'm going to do this song that um, it's really an interesting kind of songwriting story because I wrote it and it was very involved and it was very, um, I don't know, like the writing was super apparent, like it was very literary and I had based it on um, on uh, fairy tales and it's about a relationship and hated the song. <laughs> thought it was too too busy. So I just completely rewrote it. I threw everything out and rewrote it. And it came together. So for me, I think it's very interesting. I've been married for 30 years. And my husband comes from a family that the parents are together. I come from a family where the parents are divorced. And I think that that has led both of us to have a different kind of interaction with each other. For me, divorce is always possible. For him, it isn't. And that led to some interesting kind of realizations during the pandemic. So that's what this song is about. Let's hear it. Susan Gatano on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. I hold 
those blackbirds back to once upon a time. You say we belong in a happy ever after, but I sing the song of four and twenty blackbirds, four and. Really cool. Susan Catano, 95.9 WATD. I love that tune. Thank you. (laughs) We are up against our first break of the Tiny Stage Hour. We have a lot more to chat about and more songs to share with Susan Catano right here on 95.9 WATD. It's Almost Famous. And now back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to Almost Famous, the Tiny Stage Hour, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. I'm John Shea, and on the Tiny Stage, we are being joined tonight by Susan Catano. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. (laughs) Give us another introduction as to who you are. So I am an Americana artist who proudly calls Medford home. And I'm a songwriting geek who had a career as a songwriting teacher at the Berklee College of Music. And I quit my job to do music full time. And I'm very excited to be here tonight. I'm glad to have you here. How about your website, any social media information, things like that? Yeah. So um, because I'm, I'm trying to be like Madonna or Cher. All you have to remember is susanmusic.com. Easy enough. Isn't that awesome? You can find me on everything from Spotify to Pandora, Apple Music. And an album that came out this past Friday. Yes, so exciting. My album is called All is Quiet, and I recorded it in the pandemic, and I'm very, 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 very proud of it. Well, you mentioned the pandemic. You mentioned that you're um, formerly a teacher at Berkeley College of Music. How did the pandemic affect your students? Oh, my gosh. So, well, you know, so we went fully remote and we were remote for a year and a half, which I think is just so surreal because think about it this, John, I had students that I taught for a year and a half who I never met in person. How crazy is that? That must be very weird. It's so strange. Especially because, you know, sharing songs is a very intimate process. And so, you know, being online with them, I have to say, I will only speak from my experience that I really feel like we were in it together. And they were fabulous. They were fabulous. What tricks did you have to use to keep them engaged? Well, I think that they were first so grateful to have a two-hour time once a week where they could be creative. So I think that in general, songwriting classes, they really liked the songwriting class. But I think, you know, we did a lot of what I would call like writing games. So, you know, because the verb is to play music. It's not to self-loathe music and to hate music. It's to play music. And so I have a lot of different kind of songwriting prompts and songwriting exercises. And 
I used the Zoom and we broke up into little groups and they co-wrote together. And I made sure that I would say 99% of the time, everybody had to have their camera on, even if they were having a rough day. And I think that that was important just to, to physically see each other. And I think as a teacher, it was really important that I call on and talk to every single person in class. So I really made sure that there wasn't someone who stayed silent the whole time and we didn't hear from. But, you know, it was hard. I have to say, like, every week it'd be like, okay, so who has a song? And the student raised their hand and be like, what's it about? And they're like, depression. I'm like, great, let's play that one. <laughs> and then the next would be like, what's this song about? Anxiety. I'm like, great. And then, you know, it'd be like, depression, anxiety, worry, sadness, isolation, like all of the colors, all the colors of the pandemic came out. Susan Catano is the guest tonight on the Tiny Stage. Let's keep on going with your music. What are we listening to next? So this song, a few years ago, I fell headfirst down a flight of stairs. Ouch. I really, like, it was like I had been in a car accident. I shattered my wrist, broke my hand, broke my fingers, broke my other fingers on the other hand, broke both feet, and was concussed. And I was sick for, like, six months. And I kept thinking, why did this happen to me? Like, what is the lesson in this? And I finally figured it out, and I wrote a song about it. All right, let's hear it. This is uh, this is going to be good. Susan Gatano on the Tiny Stage, ninety five nine WATD. This is called Broken Things. Digging in the garden. We search for buried treasure Broken china hiding in the dirt The yellow rose, the ghost of a teacup Daisies on the hint of a plate Coming up like crocuses out of the We lay them on the sill in the sun Delicate and fragile, everyone Oh, the beauty In broken things The cut with memories shattered by our histories left to wonder how we make it through but look upon a stained glass window so many pieces bound into one colors come together in a holy We carry in us each and every shard Cause a life we'll lived must always bear a mark Oh, the beauty In broken things 
and make our world and only feel the edges we can speak our words and only hear the hurt or we can take each day a gift that is unspoken and see the beauty in the broken Very cool. Susan Catano on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So, as you can see, like super kind of intense and deep songs on, on this album. <laughs> and also, too, you know, we, we, we've been kind of talking about creativity out of chaos. Mm. You formed a side project, Honest Mechanic, <gasps> with uh, Paul Hansen of the Grown Up Noise. I did. And I love it. It's so fun. We, uh, we had started actually to write, we've been writing for like the past few years together. And it just started as like this fun thing that we did occasionally in the living room. And my husband, who was in the, the other room at the time, was like, you guys are really good. You should be a band, a side project. And I was like, no. And then, then we started to record March 9th, <laughs> right when things shut down. So we continued to record in the pandemic and Paul would go in and do his part. And then I would go in like three days later because hopefully the air molecules had settled, you know, so I could sing. And then we did our first photo shoot in the middle of November outside. And I was like, Paul, like, what are we wearing? Who are we? Like, what are, who are we? And he's like, I don't know. I've just, I'm going to wear my pajamas because I've been wearing my pajamas. And I'm like, Oh my God, I am going to wear my pajamas too. (laughs) So we are in our pajamas. We perform in our pajamas, in our pajama bottoms. So we're like, you know, business up top, slumber party below. (laughs) And it's been a really, really, really fun thing. We were nominated for the Best Folk Act at the Boston Music Awards. And we were like voted like the best album of 2021 in the Boston Herald. Like it's been it's been this gloriously amazing thing. I love that so much. And you guys yeah. sound great together, too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to come and do a show at the Tiny Stage oh, definitely. at some point. Let's count on it. Yeah, I would love that. So in addition to Honest Mechanic, you've done a lot of collaborations in your career. Talk about some of the ones that stand out to you. Well, gosh, who have I? I've written with a lot of people. I'm trying to think. So... Janae Halstead is someone who is a beautiful local artist who now doesn't live in Boston anymore, but I worked a lot with her. We wrote about like 10 songs together. Jenna Lottie is someone who I know is a a local South Shore favorite. Yeah, Milton. She and I uh, wrote together and produced her second album, I think. And I'm trying to think who else. Like, I, I write with a lot of people. So I've written with like young country artists and I've written with 
old rockers and I've written with folkies and it's something that I'm really, really, really passionate about. I love it. I love the songwriting process. I love collaborating. I like writing by myself too, certainly, but I also think that there's just something wonderful in my job, I, I'm a lot of the time I'm in the position of being the architect for someone's song. Like they're the artist and my job is just to, it's almost like they want to build a house and I'm like, okay, how many turrets do you want on your house? I can build that. And that's kind of a nice process because it's not so much about my ego being involved. It's about making sure that the artist's vision of what they want for the song is realized. So... With that in mind, how does co-writing work for you? I know it's different for everybody. Well, it's different for it's different for everybody, and it's different depending on what I'm doing. Like sometimes I'm co-writing for myself, so it'll be something that you know, like I'll start to write a song, and I feel like, oh, I can sing this, and then it's different because there's more of an equal footing in the sense that both of our egos are in the song. It's like, I would want to sing that, so I'm going to try and make sure that it's in my vocal range or that it's talking about subject matter that I would be interested in singing as an artist. That's one co-writing process. The next one is, you know, one that happens a lot in Nashville where you write for an artist that isn't necessarily in the room. So, for example, we would write for whoever was looking, like Reba McIntyre is looking for a new song. So you'd go and actually listen to Reba's songs and you would be like, okay, what is she doing? What does she like to do? What's like a vocal thing that she always does? What is something that she writes about all the time? And you try and incorporate that into her song. Or even like tempo, you know, especially when you're doing that kind of writing, up-tempo songs are much more marketable than ballads. So you kind of try and write an up-tempo song. Even if it's up-tempo, like it doesn't have to be happy necessarily, but it can be angry, but it should be up-tempo. And then the last kind of co-writing is the one that I just talked about where I'm not the artist, I'm just the architect. And so I'm there to kind of facilitate someone else's creative vision into something that they like. Well, let's hear more of your songs. What okay. are we listening to next? All right, so I just thought I would do, I did a, I did a, a two singles that are not on the album. The reason why is because they didn't really feel like they fit with the album, but I really like them. So I'm going to do one of the two singles. It's called Black and White. Let's hear it. 95.9 WATD, it's all yours. Look here's dad standing next to mama, holding baby like a Christmas gift. Way back when, before all the drama, back of the picture says 66. The good old days of 1966 Look here sister, it's her birthday She's blowing those five candles out And here's brother shooting his cap gun They were young once, now they're all tired out We were young once, now we're all tired out
gone, now she looks like me. All these pictures, all these people, all these moments, all our past. Boxes full of monochrome memories, sometimes wish we could all go back. Oh, I wish we could all go back. Awesome. Susan Gataño on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. I want to talk more about this album that just came out last week. Yay! You mentioned that song wasn't included on that, but talk about how the album actually like happened in the studio. It was well, COVID times. I'm sure it was a little yeah. bit crazy. So thank you, because it was such an unusual process. Um, so I started writing the songs, and I have worked with... Uh, my dear friend Lauren Entress uh, on a bunch of albums. And I called him up and I was like, will you help me co-produce this? And he was like, great, yeah, I'm in. So he is in Connecticut. So I recorded my songs in my little room in my house and did the vocals and sent them to Lauren in Connecticut. And then Kevin Barry, who is an amazing guitarist, if you don't know him, he's on tour right now with Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. That's a name. Yes, well, just wait. Um, so Kevin's on tour with Jackson Brown, just finished my album, pretty awesome. Kevin would go down to Connecticut, work with Lauren. They would hear my track. They would record Kevin's version. They'd send it back to me. I'd be like, yes, or let's change that a little bit or whatever. And then we would send it to Duke Levine, who is on tour with Bonnie Raitt right now. Cool. Isn't that awesome? And uh, Duke would put his kind of coloring and shading over it so he did kind of all of like the the textural kind of stuff and then it was sent back to me and then i went into the studio and did my final vocal and all the harmonies that's amazing so it's just weird because like i mean i've seen kevin and duke around but i haven't seen lauren i haven't seen lauren since 2019 (laughs) and yet we did this project together this beautiful thing and it was so weird but it was kind of like christmas because i would send my track then they would call me and send me the track, and I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. What a surprise. <laughs> but you didn't have this collaborative in the studio breathing energy sharing experience. It wasn't that. 
So give us the name of the album again and tell us where it's available. So it is called All Is Quiet. You can find it on susanmusic.com. You can find it on all streaming platforms. And please, like, check it out. I'm very proud of it. Amazing. We have two more songs left. Let's keep on going with your songs. What's next? So I thought I would do this one. Sorry, I changed my mind. Um, so I am the uh, daughter of a 93-year-old mom who's amazing. And I am the mother of a 20-year-old daughter. And so... I'm kind of beautifully sandwiched between these two women in my life. And I was thinking about mothers and daughters and daughters and mothers and kind of what we inherit and what we pass on. So I wrote this song. Let's hear it. Susan Catano on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Mothers and daughters Cut from the same cloth We promise our hearts Till death do we part In front of the same God We say I love you Then we say I do Then we spend years Saying I'm sorry More than we have Something borrowed, something blue. We've been handed down this sorrow, but we wear it as if it were true. It's something borrowed, something and mothers carry the same scars we question our worth what we deserve we inhabit the same dark we say I love you then what do we do we put ourselves down put ourselves last look at our lives a half empty glass Something borrowed, something blue. We've been handed down this sorrow, but we wear it as if it were true. It's something borrowed, something blue. Something blue. shadows are all mine and how I love her 
as mothers do And I'll be damned if I'll make her carry more than she has to Of something borrowed, something blue I've been handed down this sorrow But I swear I won't make it true It's something borrowed, something blue Something Very nice. Susan Catania on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. We have time for one more song. Does that work for you? Yes, perfect. All right. We'll do that after the break. 95.9 WATD. We are on the tiny stage. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. I'm John Shea, and tonight we're being joined by Susan Catano. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, John? I am great. <laughs> so let's uh, do another plug for your website and your social media pages. Yes. So SusanMusic.com and my new album, All Is Quiet, came out on Friday, and I'm so excited about it. And a chance to see you live here on the South Shore later on. Yes, month. yes. I'm doing an in the round at the Spire in the front room, I think. In Plymouth, with, yeah. Yeah, with Kim Moberg and Sam Robbins on April 21st. Fantastic. That's going to be a fun night. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. We are just coming out of Women's History Month, and you recently wrote a fantastic column in Atwood's magazine about ageism yeah. in the music business. Talk about that, because that's something that's not talked about enough, I don't think. Well, what's hard is that I think... We tend to idolize our young. We revere our very, very old. And women especially tend to get lost kind of in the middle. And I think that, you know, for me, I realized at some point, I'm like, I refuse to be invisible. I refuse. I, I, I think that the songs that I'm writing now, I wouldn't have been able to write if I hadn't had the life experience to get me to this place. And just because I'm no longer in my 20s doesn't mean that I don't have anything to say or that people wouldn't be able to connect with or relate to my music. And the saddest thing for me, I think, is as a result of gender bias and ageism, I bought into it myself. And I think that that's like the thing that makes me most upset is that I started to believe the myth that that I had nothing to say and that what I had to say wasn't important anymore. And I feel a little rebellious about that. I refuse to accept that. I think that we women who are even like in, I remember starting to feel insecure about my age in my 30s. I mean, literally, I I remember like at one point I did a song and this very important music industry person came up to me and said, Susan, that is a hit. I'm like, really? Really? And he said, not for you, 
<laughs> I'm like, why not for me? He's like, because you're just too old. And I was like, oh, like it was just like, no. And I know that maybe I'm in denial and I understand that the music industry is what it is, but I'm just going to keep making music. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And I, I really like, I shout out to all the women who are between the ages of 30 and like, you know, 85, that if you're a creative person, you have the right to be seen. You have the right to be heard. Susan Catania has been our guest tonight on the Tiny Stage. Thank you so much for making the trip down to Marshfield. Thank you so much for having me, John. My pleasure. I love to talk to you. It's always so fun to Same be here. here. We have time for one more song. What are we closing out the night with? So, as I said, the album starts with All Is Quiet, and it finishes with a song called Follow, but the song right before that one is something called Hold On To Hope. And I think it's important to say that because... Things got pretty dark in 2020, and at least for me, my experience was the music helped me find my resilience. It helped me find the fact that the sun was going to shine another day, and this song is about that. Let's hear it. Thank you so much. Get home safely, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. And best of luck at the Spire. Thank you. to fray and that miracle you have been waiting on is worlds away steady breathing deep trust that all will be see better days you've got to hold on hold on to hope hold on hold on to hope when you feel at the end of your to bear You're hanging on tight as you swing on a life caught in midair Steady close your eyes Feel us by your side We're there Our love is always
you've got to hold on, hold on to hope, hold on, hold on to hope, when you feel at the end of your We are here, you're not.